0: Hey appreciators, on today's episode we are breaking down the top 10 TV shows of 2022 and we have a special guest because on this podcast Evan and I's relationship is an open relationship. Yeah. We're not monogamous podcast wise. No
1: and I mean your beef from last week shows that we're not completely monogamous. Well if anything
0: the beef has opened me up to the idea of bringing in A third (laughs) to this (laughs) podcast relationship. Sure, sure. This podcast relationship. Right. So, without further ado, welcome to the Professional Appreciators Podcast, my brother, Dan Drake. Hey. hey. What did we call him last? To be here. Oh, he is the godfather of the YouTube channel.
1: The the godfather of the YouTube channel, the creator. Don't you forget it. Yeah. (laughs) We will never forget.
0: For those of you who have been watching the Why It's Great YouTube channel for a while, you may recognize Dan's face and recognize his voice because he was basically the guy running that channel until a year ago. So with that being said, Dan, welcome back. And uh, maybe catch everyone up real quick on where you've been and what you've been doing.
2: Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here uh, and uh, have my face on the the channel again. Um so about it almost a year and a half ago i got a job offer to come work for another podcast and so i now am the creative director for the rich roll podcast that's r-i-c-h-r-o-l-l rich roll podcast (laughs) and uh yeah got to move me and my family to outside of la where we you know produce the show we produce it here in the studio and basically like a dream job for me but because I wanted to focus 100% uh, on this new gig I realized I wasn't going to have time to commit to the channel anymore and so I'm very appreciative Andrew that you you know stepped up and you know took a crash course in video editing uh, to keep it alive so thank you guys I appreciate it and now with the podcast and bringing Evan in like It's just growing and growing and i can't wait to see how it continues to do so so thank you
0: and uh thank you listeners and viewers for putting up with my very early attempts at running (laughs) the youtube channel because uh
1: it's been beautiful to see we were talking about this the other day where it was like you can look back and see a year and everything that's changed how you we've gotten better and How, uh, how we don't meander for 20 minutes at the beginning Mm -hmm. of every podcast. Yeah. You know, I don't think many people miss that, but, uh, no, it's been beautiful to see it grow. It's been beautiful to see what changes and all that stuff. It was
0: great when we sent out like the pilot episode of this podcast to people like Dan and then like some other friends and they Mm -hmm. were like, so like you guys are just. Not going to talk about any topics? <laughs> we were like, well... It know. was like
1: the one positive note was like, well, you guys seem really comfortable with each other. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. All right. Well, the you reason... Got good, you got a good banter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 There well, you, go. you think, you know, guys who've been friends since like sixth grade would sure. have some kind of repertoire. You know? Sure, there you go. Uh, or r- rapport. There you go. It's late. Dan's Dan on his Hollywood time yeah. has us in the Midwest <laughs> up really late at night
1: hey it's not that late it's like 10 o'clock all right
0: i'm a married man now
1: that's <laughs> late man. that means you go to bed early yeah yeah
0: as soon as you go. sign that document boom all your energy You're going to bed gone. before yeah before 10 o'clock it actually says on the i don't know if you looked at your marriage license it, it says like you agree to falling asleep by 10 p. <laughs> <every night. laughs>
1: i did not read the fine print oh. because i don't i do not follow that well you know, real... I'm,
0: a, I'm a stickler for those kind of things i got
1: you anyway uh we were saying about not meandering
0: yeah we got to be extra professional with dan here. right 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 yeah yeah so again like i said at the top we are breaking down not the top five not the top seven because who would do that we're talking the top 10 tv shows of 2022.
1: get ready to be here
0: for three hours <laughs> yeah so real oh, quick. Yeah. yeah. It's gonna be a while. <laughs> so, real quick, just so everyone's on the same page, we're each gonna go down our list from ten to one, one being our favorite TV show of twenty twenty two. And we're gonna have Dan go first and we're just gonna go in order. He's he'll say his ten, then we'll go ten down the line. You guys have seen this before. This isn't groundbreaking. I think you got it. Yeah. So there's been a lot of great TV this year or this last year. I haven't been able to keep up as much as I want, so I'm really looking forward to hear what Dan and Evan have to say. Uh, they've watched a little bit more TV than I have. So, Dan, you are our guest. How about you start us with your number 10?
2: I'd love to do that. Before I dive into my 10, though, I just want to say for the listeners, uh, after we're done with all of the, the top 10s, I'm going to list my top five underrated shows of twenty twenty two and I think uh I think you're gonna want to stick around for that list because there's some gold on there and I'm also gonna give a few honorable mentions. So just wanted to plug that here at the top in case you ever get bored with what we have to say here. Mm-hmm. You might just want to skip forward to the end so that you hear that gold of the underrated shows of twenty twenty two. Oh they're definitely
1: not gonna get bored because oh. we have some eclectic lists here, oh, yeah. I would say <laughs>
2: There's going to be some stuff you've never heard of on these lists, man. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, okay. Here we go. (laughs) Top 10. My number 10 is a little, little known show called House of the Dragon.
1: Wow. Number 10. He went number 10. How much good TV are you watching? Holy crap. You went 10 with that. All right.
2: Okay. Why is it? Why is it barely making your list? It's barely making my list because, and I, you know, I used to be ashamed to admit this and now I am no longer ashamed. I wear it proudly that I'm a little fantasy allergic, Mm. uh, in my viewing habits with media. I'm not the biggest fan of Lord of the Rings and, uh, really anything set in like a medieval timesy kind of world is just, it's just not my thing. Um, I hear you, man. House of the Dragon, however, captured me. And if it's higher on you know one of y'all's lists, we can talk about it more later. Um, but that's why I think it's lower on mine than probably on yours. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. Evan, I, I, it's higher on my list, I'm, I'm sure. It's, it's higher, higher on my yeah. list as well. So we'll maybe break down why it's a great show in a little bit. But uh, just, Dan, real quick, uh, briefly maybe talk about what you liked about the show before Evan and I get to it. At a much more suitable spot on our list? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, certainly. I mean, the original Game of Thrones show was kind of a slog for me, honestly, until the dragons and magic showed up a little bit more. I mean, I talk about really... Talk about, like, the most
0: diametrically opposed take anyone's ever had about that show dude
1: i tell you what game of thrones what a slog the red wedding pff,
2: i can barely stay awake so, i mean it's good it's the top you know show of all time certainly but i'm just being real man there's like there's just times where i was like nothing is happening in this show right now i gotta ask a question real quick
1: uh, um about yeah. how you formed your list so like for me personally I did my 10 kind of as what shows did I look forward to watching the most? Mm. Kind of from mm. 10 to 1. Uh how how are you making your list? Is it like uh like uh almost is it the shows that you think were the best made? Like the obje- shows with like the best stories? As objectively
0: like, as you can get, you know? Like, yeah. yeah.
2: My my list is not objective necessarily. There's probably some of that uh, especially to the higher ones mm-hmm. but it was honestly just like a gut thing it was mm-hmm. like yeah yeah it just feels right in this order some of which I'll be able to explain why some of which I won't be able to fully um, but yeah but before I get you know just slaughtered in the comments for my Game of Thrones <laughs> take uh, I just want to you know go back and defend myself a little bit just by saying again the fantasy of it all and the like medieval times of it all. It's just not my favorite time period. Yeah. Even in like historical dramas, if they're set in the medieval times. Mm-hmm. Eh like I really had to watch Monty Python and the Holy Grail a few times before I even like that and could appreciate it let, that's how like allergic Dan, i initially Dan was like can I'm we the...
1: stick to one <laughs> insanely popular thing that you dislike
0: <laughs> at a <Yeah>. time <laughs> uh, let it be known this is but, the man who started the channel yeah. why it's great
2: <laughs> exactly which is why there's uh, no video on monty python and holy grail uh, no but uh, i i do really love that movie now and there are I've found ways into those stories just Mm -hmm. over the years because I didn't want to be like, I just hate all these things and I'll never like it. Um, So anyway, when I really started to fall in love with Game of Thrones is when they would do crazy things. They would kill like main characters. like At the end of the first season um, with Ned Stark, I was like, okay, this show is doing something groundbreaking. I like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I found things to appreciate about it. But when, like, the dragons and, like, the magic and stuff really kicked in in the later seasons, which I know have their flaws, but it really, like, I was just starting to like it better. So, House of the Dragon strikes me as a show that, from the get go, has those pieces that I like the most um, from the first one, but also has the deft storytelling hand of the first few seasons of Game of Thrones. So, I feel like it's kind of like, for me at least the best of both mm-hmm. um and you get that right from the get from the yeah. start
0: all right well yeah evan and i will definitely talk a little bit more about it when mm-hmm. we get to it but evan how about you put us back on on a more solid ground here <laughs> and uh tell us your number 10.
1: my number 10 uh and and i struggled with the with the 8 9 and 10 slot mm-hmm. because there was just so much good tv this year but I had to go with something from the Flannaverse.
0: Ooh, and the I put
1: Midnight Club at number 10. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and I, I really liked this season of TV. It was something that really stuck with me. Uh, I thought about it a lot after it ended. Um, and the more I thought about it, the more I liked it. Um, at first, initially, I didn't think it was the strongest season of horror that he's right. done uh for uh for Netflix but I really ended up enjoying it I like the story it's something different and uh and that's my number 10
0: All right real quick Dan was that on your list at all
2: It almost was but it is okay. not on my list
0: It's not on my list It almost didn't make my cut only because I never finished it <gasps> And
2: in my defense
0: <laughs> In my defense Oh my god In my defense I was primarily watching it in November and once I hit December remember I had a little event called a wedding on the 10th of December. Ugh. And Excuses. I just, every show I was watching just dropped. <laughs> and, you know, all of December went by. And now I'm like, I, I need to get back to it. But it was just, you know, I've been away too long. All right. But I was liking right. what I was watching.
2: Let me tell you why it didn't make my list. It's because even though I really enjoyed it, number one, like you said, Evan, it wasn't as scary as I was hoping from mm-hmm. a Flaniverse thing. Yeah. Number two, it just really, really pissed me off that they got canceled. Mm. And so when I was making the list and I'm like looking at, a, you know, a master list of shows to pick, mm-hmm. my gut was like, mm, it, like now I have a little bit of a negative view of the show just because like it makes me sad. Yeah. Right? <laughs> when I think about the fact that it got canceled.
1: Yeah. That I mean, well, and I he had big plans for that. So I from yeah. what I Did you guys read
2: that article where he laid out what his next seasons was going to be? No,
0: because I didn't finish the I show.
1: <laughs> I all I had read right after I finished the first season which was pretty quick after it came out cuz I just really like what he does. Um all I had read was that this was the first season of uh like a horror season that he's done that he wanted to make more seasons in this world. So, like in yeah. like the Midnight Club world, he wanted to expand that. Mm-hmm. So that was exciting to me because I did. You know, the end of the season does leave a couple of questions. Kind yeah, of. So there's an
2: yeah. article he wrote. I forget for which publication, but he he like lays out here's what happens in season two, and here's what would have happened after that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So I'll have to I'll have to send yeah. that to you because he, an- yeah, and he answers the questions. Cool. Oh yeah,
1: send it to me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I haven't read that. No, but yeah it it made it on the list for me. I've got a deep love for uh for the for for our boy Flanagan,
0: yeah, and uh he's got a little project called the Dark Tower that he's gonna start working Dude, on now that is which exciting. we need to maybe make it its own podcast yeah, when we yeah. talk about that yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, for sure, all right, my number ten is stranger things season four okay mm. uh, and the reason it's number ten on my list and not higher is mostly because like we talked about when we did a podcast episode about it is Mm -hmm. i thought it was a step up from season three yeah i really enjoyed it but and this is kind of a critique of stranger things as a whole it really relies on archetypes and storylines and and story structures of larger pop culture so Mm -hmm. like i talked about how it really does do the whole empire strikes back thing mm-hmm. and it relies on other 80s storylines to kind of move its characters forward yeah and though i think it uses that familiarity well it also still at the end of the day feels a little kind of familiar and i think all the other shows on my list
2: are more original and mm-hmm. so that's why i put stranger things at 10. gotcha stranger things is another one that almost made my list, but is not on my list.
1: Yeah. It almost made mine as well. Uh,
0: Sadie sink MVP of that
2: season. She was, really. I was going
1: to say that, man, she was amazing in that season. She was so good.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I don't get me wrong. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. We blew right through it because, uh, we, it actually came out when we had COVID.
1: Oh, perfect.
2: (laughs) We were just able to go one after the other, uh, over like two days and then the break and then again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was just too many more things that I thought were better. Yeah. So. Yeah. And,
0: that, and real quick, I don't want to make this too quick of an aside, but I think it's bingeability made it a little bit more disposable in my mind. Because a lot of the shows yes. on this list aren't bingeable shows and it had a longer discourse had longer time for me to really think about each episode and i think that actually works against stranger things because i almost forgot that it was a 2022 show
1: you know i almost um i i wasn't in a hurry to watch it for whatever reason Mm -hmm. whenever it came out i just didn't feel like i was in a huge rush to like hop on netflix and start watching the episodes but i heard people start talking about how like savage the the violence and like the gore was and like honestly that's your alley i was like let's test this out let's see (laughs) let's see all
2: right well let's get this i I, uh get into a debate with some people here about like should you watch things week to week or Mm. should you binge them and like some people here even like on a week-to-week show will wait until they're all out and then binge it but
1: i've done that before it depends you know
2: yeah, for that reason that you just said, Andrew, I am I love week-to-week watching. Yeah. yeah. And so I feel like Stranger Things is a show, like you said, that would have benefited from week-to-week.
1: Yeah. I feel like, uh, okay. and Andrew, maybe you'll experience this, but, like, my rhythm is my wife, she goes to bed earlier than I do. So, like, I eat dinner, and the, only, the max number of episodes I get is two episodes a night. Mm-hmm. So it's like I get two and then I'm done and we don't come back to it until like either the next night or a couple days later. So I've actually found like for TV watching, that's been like a really good thing. So I'm like not binging five episodes in a row. Yeah.
0: yep. Well, let's get this show on the road. So it's not a nine hour podcast. Yeah.
2: Yep. Here we go. My my number nine. nine. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I know I'm going to make you angry with this. Oh Oh, no. Oh no. (laughs) My number nine. Barry. Number nine? Number nine.
1: Oh I actually gosh. haven't seen Barry, so...
2: You still haven't
0: gotten to oh, see... really? Dude.
1: I haven't seen him, man.
0: You're both off the podcast.
1: <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know, I know.
0: Alright.
2: Barry is incredible. It is so well made. They had so many sequences this year that took my breath away. Uh, but when I think back to it, um, it just... It doesn't win a place in my heart as much as some of the other shows mm-hmm. because it doesn't move me as emotionally as some other shows do. And I I tend to prioritize that. I appreciate how well made it is. I appreciate how well written it is, how well acted. Bill Hader. It man. is incredible. Um, But there's something about it and maybe it's because each episode is so short, or maybe because the seasons are short, mm-hmm. but it doesn't stay with me. Yeah. I, and it do- I, mean, I don't, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I'll i talk about this when I get it to my
0: episode, because it's not as high as I thought it was going to be. But this season, Barry's character, compared to the first two seasons, he wasn't as empathetic, and it made it harder for you to like really root for him. And I think exactly. this season there was a bit of a lag for me in those stretches where, where Barry was like indefensible as a character that made it hard to be like, I'm in his corner and root for him and want to see what's happening to mm-hmm. him. But I'll get to that later. Uh, <laughs> Evan, please don't break my heart. Like, Evan, uh, like okay. uh, Dan I, just did. I said. feel like this is
1: a very appropriate place on my list for this show. Um I don't know if I'm the only one out of the three of us that liked this show or that watched this show, but at my number nine slot, I've got Murderville.
0: Oh, I didn't even Hilarious. think about yes. like I didn't even think about that as an option.
1: Murderville that was great, great pick. One of my like it had me dying laughing. Like it's yeah. one of the only comedy TV shows that had me like howling out loud uh, this year. And they just released an hour long Christmas special. Uh yeah. hilarious. And it was eh, it's it does not that disappoint. Was so, good. so, yeah, if if people watching this or listening to this have not seen Murderville, you have got to check out Murderville. The whole premise of the show is that like 95% of it is improvised by the guests on the show and it just leads to some absolutely hilarious scenarios and moments. And if so, there's any
2: smartless fans out there, Will Arnett is the star in the Christmas special has all three of the smart lists hosts yeah. <laughs> in in the special.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so it's it's freaking awesome. Yeah. It's that's a that's really a great
2: awesome. pick. I honestly
0: didn't even think about it. I thought that one might yeah. take you off guard a little I bit. I liked it. I liked it. All right, my number 9 and maybe this will fit the theme of shows not on your guys's list, uh Peacemaker. Mm,
1: yes. Yep, I yep, yep. I
0: had so much fun with peacemaker. I loved peacemaker. I am a huge James Gunn fan, especially of his Guardians movies. So, I really and I liked the Suicide Squad on DC and this was an extension of that. Uh John Cena is just just a great comedic actor at this yeah. at this moment. Um the juxtaposition of like his just physique but then his, <laughs> you know, just goofball kind of idiot Counterpart of a personality really works in James Gunn's writing style. And again, like James Gunn does with Guardians, he's so good at taking these larger than life, crazy characters, hyper violent characters, and then finding their heart Mm -hmm. and finding their emotionality and, and bringing these misfits together. And it's almost predictable at this point, like, oh, a band of misfits coming together, but he just finds a way to make it work. Yeah. And... I don't know. I just, I was
2: just having a blast with that show.
1: Yeah. I loved that show this year. It almost made my list.
0: Yeah. It, very yeah, it is
2: not on my list either. All but right. I do, I do, uh, I did enjoy it. There was, there's a lot to appreciate about it. Yeah. Um, and sure.
0: now, now he's running DC. So, yeah. That's pretty crazy.
1: That is crazy.
0: All
2: right. Number eight, Dan. Number eight uh, is, and this one might be recency bias, but. Maybe not. I just I really really enjoyed it. It's Fleischman is in trouble. Oh
0: man, oh, I haven't gotten to
1: that. I haven't yet. gotten a chance to watch that yet, but I've heard it's great.
2: Okay, it's fantastic. Why should we watch it's it? Absolutely fantastic. You should watch it because uh, it has some of the best performances in a television show that I've that I've seen in a long time. Um, I mean, gosh, uh, what's her name? She played Carrie Matheson in uh, Homeland. Um, oh,
0: um, yeah, I know who you're talking I'm about I'm blanking on her name. She was uh, She so was I... in the Leo DiCaprio, Romeo and Juliet, right?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, oh. Yeah. Claire Danes. Claire, Claire, Claire Danes, Danes, yeah. Claire Danes. Uh, Claire Danes is a tour de force in this. She is like the freak out queen. If you liked Homeland and you love to see her just like freak out yeah, like she, she took it she mm. cranked it to 11 and Fleischman is in trouble and it's a uh, jesse um, eisenberg jesse eisenberg is is great and here's what's here's what's the best about the performances in the show is that the the show is told from one of the characters who's a friend of toby fleishman so Toby Fleischman oh. in the beginning is framed as the protagonist. Oh, interesting. And it's being narrated by his best friend. And so you get the story of his divorce and the disappearance of his wife from his perspective like through the eyes of his friend, okay. Lizzie Kaplan. Yeah. Gotcha. And so she's narrating it. So you're, you're already one step removed through you're getting the best friend's view Mm-hmm. Of Toby's perspective, so that's a second layer of the divorce to Claire Danes, and so you're realizing I'm only getting one perspective on this relationship, and it's what Toby tells his friend. Oh, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Wow. And so yeah, uh, as the show goes, Lizzie Kaplan, like I don't want to give too much away, but she's a journalist in the show and she starts peeling the onion layers back seeing more perspectives and they do a cool thing where like you start to see scenes that you've already seen but from a different perspective and so the performances are even different
1: i gotcha okay this is gonna be the next show i watch that's cool
2: fx right it's great yeah i think so yes i watched it on hulu yeah fx on hulu i gotta get into that
1: yeah that sounds really good all right, Evan. Uh, okay, so number eight, I am. I'm almost positive this is the show. Is show neither of you have seen? I'm going with Outer Range.
2: I, didn't I watch loved it. Outer Range,
1: Josh Brolin. I yeah. feel like Outer Range. You've you saw it. Wow, that kind of surprises me. But you you watched so yeah. much TV. It seems like this year. My one gripe about Outer Range is how dark everything <laughs> was on net, Like yeah. it's everything on Amazon. Is just too dark, but like, like literally, I was sitting in a pitch black room with the screen completely dark. Like, I don't know what's happening, and a couple of times yeah. that was really terrifying wow. <laughs> because I was like, everything is dark, I can't see a damn thing, I have no idea what's going on. Uh, but no, I loved that show. It is reminiscent, not at all in, um, it, not at all in style, but like. Of it almost reminds me of like a lost type of mystery kind mm-hmm. of like mystery like box, what so. is going on? like I have no yeah. idea what's happening. I don't know the rules, I don't know yeah. like like that's the big thing is I just don't know what the rules are in this scenario, and yeah. I just loved it, and as the show unfolds, um it just gets more and more interesting and fascinating and uh that show is a little bit of a slow burn because josh brolin plays everything so close to the chest
2: it's a very slow burn
1: but it's well worth it by the end to kind of understand a little bit more what's going on and also i'm just a sucker for like they they blended the modern with kind of the classic western aesthetic Mm. and i love that aesthetic and it just hit me in all the right places.
2: The only thing about Outer Range that probably kept it from being on my list is that I, th- I think it ended with too many mysteries still on the table. Yeah, it did. Like, I, w- I would have liked yeah. like one big bombshell reveal before it- the season was over. I think you know maybe I mean? they
1: were assuming that their one big bombshell that they did reveal wasn't already snuffed out by like the end of the show because
2: oh like yeah
1: yeah I I, I
2: I felt like the reveal they did do was so obvious yeah that it was, was like, obvious no i yeah. need i need a i need more of a bone from you yeah yeah mm.
1: i hear you on that i'm yeah. with you on that yeah
2: i
0: still need to check that out
2: but
1: yeah
0: it's good and i remember you talking about it uh so random uh you were talking about out of range and it made me somehow think of another show i watched this year i didn't even consider to be on my list which probably would have oh and that's under the banner of heaven oh i don't know why i totally forgot about that recalculating
1: show. i actually but, uh, i actually did not like the ending of under the banner of heaven
0: yeah i think it might have it might have been in the number 10 slot but anyway that yeah. was just random yeah.
2: my true I, I couldn't i couldn't watch it i watched like yeah. the beginning of the first episode and was like nope so i actually i it's read rough. the book instead oh okay. yeah that yeah.
1: whenever we watch that show it was like we turned it on and the first episode is like, oh, Augie is that age mm-hmm. and Carly <laughs> yeah, is that exactly. age. Like, yeah, it's just like, pfft.
0: yeah. So, yeah. Oh, thanks. I get that. All right. Well, my true number eight, and I'm mm-hmm. curious, Dan, to see if this is higher on your list, is uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Mm. Man, that was so good.
1: I got to get into that.
0: It's, you know, look, I- I'll preface it with this. I am not a huge Trekkie I don't have Trekkie like street cred or anything, but you know, I grew up watching the next generation with Dan. I've seen a little bit of the original series. I've seen a lot of the movies. Uh, so I do like that world, but I'm not like crazy about the lore or anything, Mm -hmm. but, uh, as someone who's been trying all the new star Trek shows, this is the one that finally clicked and one that was like, okay, I'm going to watch every stinking season of this as they release it yeah, because it's 10 episodes. They understand what makes Star Trek work, which is that, that Twilight Zone quality to the storytelling mm-hmm. where, uh, they're exploring all these different new settings and worlds. And so each episode is its own little self-contained Twilight Zone kind of, uh, moral lesson-y type thing, mm-hmm. all while still building a larger arc of Anson Mout's character playing Captain Pike and his internal conflict with knowing his own death and how he's going to confront that future and the season finale was just like i like dan as a big star trek fan what did you think of that season finale where you get introduced to uh oh, i don't know is that a spoiler it's
2: okay. i don't think so you get right. you get inter- it's on articles yeah, yeah you get introduced yeah. to
0: uh kirk like a new younger version of kirk gotcha. and kind of teasing that this passing of the baton and pike contemplating like oh i actually need to eventually get out of the way for kirk because that's better for the universe right i just thought that was really cool
2: yeah i love that show it's actually not on my list wow um my next show i'm going to say um i watched recently and so had i not seen this show it would have shifted everything down Hmm. and i probably would have put strange new worlds on there um, because I love all of the new Star Trek stuff. I'm just like an, a, a Trekkie from, yeah. uh, you know, being a kid growing up watching um, The Next Generation. That world is just like, it feels like home. And so I like Discovery. I like, um, you know, the movies. Picard. I, yeah. I, even stuff that most people don't like with Star Trek, I like. Like, I like Star Trek Nemesis. I, I just love, you get, you know, I've watched some of Lower Decks. I think that's hilarious. It's great. So yeah. I even like or- the Orville. Dude. Oh, that Evan likes Orville too, yeah. Yes, dude. You know, Star Trek show. Because it's basically the next generation. Like, yeah. it's just, I haven't kept up with it. I think I've only seen a season and a half. But, like, yeah. I liked what I saw. But anyway, Strange New Worlds is fantastic. Yeah, like... The episode where Kirk and his lady switch yeah. bodies, like they do the parent trap. That's great. <laughs> um, and actually I, I watched like the first five episodes and then I was like, Jess, I think you'll like this star Trek. And so I watched them again with Jess. Yeah. That's how much I liked. That's, that's love. It's the only show this year that I watched episodes more than once. Yeah. I will say there,
0: you know, since it, they are self-contained stories, there were are a couple dud episodes. It's going to happen with that type of storytelling, But I mean, way more hits than misses. And even the duds aren't like to the point where you're going to turn it off like halfway through. Right. Uh, But yeah, I I think Captain Pike, honestly, at this point as not a big Star Trek fan, but just seen a little bit, he might be winning me over as my favorite captain of all the TV shows. Like I love this version of Pike. Wow. I just, I would, I would, I would go to war for that man. I would follow him anywhere. Uh, yeah. The yeah, whole thing my... of
2: him knowing his future is like, it's such a unique take on that kind of show. Yeah. Yeah. It gives a very like, you know, each episode is its own thing kind of show. It gives it that like propulsion, that larger like, grand character arc. arc. Yeah. That kind of keeps keeps it together so
0: and the new take on uh spock the new actor playing spock like the the immense shadow he has looming over him Mm -hmm. and he's like finding new interesting ways to play spock is really cool yeah so
2: all right enough about that number seven okay number number seven here's the show that i said and this is going to be different i guarantee you neither one of you have ever even heard of this show
0: all right i can't wait it's called the
2: Big Brunch.
0: Yep, that sounds
2: fake. I have. N-
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is a show Dan wrote. <laughs> it sounds like a YouTube show. Yeah. No. It's Go ahead.
2: On HBO Max. All right. It is a cooking show. It's not scripted. Better than. Barry? It was created. <laughs> it was created by Dan Levy. Oh. Okay. Okay. Of Schitt's Creek fame. Yeah. And it is. So surprisingly good that I mean it has to be to beat out some of these other shows i've I've talked about, yeah, the best way I can describe it is it's the queer eye of cooking shows, it's so it's really? it's you reality queer eye, yeah, hmm? it's reality kind of it's just this group of you know chefs, professional chefs they're competing for three hundred thousand dollars, and the judges are Dan levy, the New York Times. Uh, cooking editor and the founder of the restaurant that they say is the best restaurant in the world and uh these chefs are just <laughs> such a diverse group um and it's it's just precious they're just like all help each other yeah. and yeah every episode was like making me cry man oh, I wow. was just like yeah they're just so it's just so tender and they're like a lot of them, you know, talk about, you know, struggling to find out who they are. And like one of them is, um, well, uh, several of them are people of color and like one person I think is Chinese. And so her like authentic Chinese dishes, a lot of times American people kind of, you know stick their nose up to that kind of cuisine it's not chinese food right that we think of it's like the authentic stuff but she was like i'm gonna make the real stuff and i'm gonna like make it right and Mm -hmm. the judges just like were praising her for that and just to see her just like be able to accept who she is Mm -hmm. through that you know what i mean and it's just like one example Mm -hmm. of many um so, I don't know. I'm a big softy I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. That sounds Weird like I would I, like that, I, that a lot. One of my favorite shows also. But I just, you know, me and Jess just watched this, and it talk about a show sticking with you. Like, yeah, it just hit me in the heart, and I love it. And uh, I, I was going to put it on my underrated list, but the more I thought about it, the more I was like, I love this enough to just put it in my main list. So That's there you awesome. go, everybody. All right. If you want a good heartwarming cooking show, uh, the big brunch.
1: That sounds awesome. Uh, so for my number seven, I know Andrew hasn't seen this because we haven't talked about it. I feel like Dan will have seen this. Um, it's actually a docu-series, oh. uh, The Last Movie Stars, the Ethan mm, Hawke no, directed. I don't know it. Oh, oh, man.
0: Wait, is this the one where it had, like, Paul Newman stuff in it? Paul
1: Newman yeah. and Joanne Woodward. Uh, so it's the Ethan Hawke-directed uh, docu-series about Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward's basically life and relationship. Um, and this really, st- like, by the end of the show, it really struck me because you really get a sense of a life well-lived. And I think we all hope to have a life well lived by the end of our lives and, and just do a lot of different things with our lives. And, and it was just two people like that in their love story and in their art, uh, made a lot of mistakes, uh, were very generous, did, you know, good things, bad things. And, and you got to kind of just see it all play out in their art at the same time. And it's just a fascinating story. Their life story is amazing. Ethan Hawke approaches it with such uh, reverence, really, which is cool and refreshing and really felt like um, he really felt you could tell a conviction about finding the heart of what this docuseries was supposed to be about and how to mm-hmm. kind of honor that story. Um, kind of how how it all happened was one of their daughters asked him to direct it, and the materials that they had were transcripts that had been written down from, you know, everyone that they had worked with from producers and directors to like housekeepers. Uh, and it was just interviews asking them what they thought of Paul Newman or what they thought of Joanne Woodward and they would have them talk about it and they had them all recorded on tapes. And Paul Newman one day decided that there was enough Paul Newman out in the world and he took them all out and he burned them, the Mm -hmm. tapes. But they still had the transcripts. So they have actors come in and play some of these famous characters from the past that were directors and producers talking about working with Paul Newman and Joanne mm-hmm. Woodward. So it's just a really fascinating documentary docu-series. It was, uh, something different for a docu-series and by the end of it, as somebody that plays music and tries to make things, it made me feel encouraged, uh, about just trying things and, and putting yourself out there and, and trying to make something, even if you don't know if it's going to be good that along the way you can still learn something. And, and, you know, it, that's, that's, cool. that's how it was. It, it, I just, I thought it was a really, really, really well done.
2: Well, yeah, that sounds awesome. Now that you mentioned it, I, I had heard about it. I, I heard uh, Ethan Hawke on a podcast talking about it.
1: Yeah. yeah. It was super good. And it's, it's very long. <laughs> it's it's in it it's kind of crazy how long it is it's i think it's six or seven hour long episodes how many, how
0: many scorsese movies and some of long them long
1: is it it's probably three
0: <laughs> You're scorsese. Just like, it's one wow. but it's 12 hours
1: <laughs> yeah no it's like uh and some of the episodes are over an hour long and uh yeah it's a it's a long docuseries but they were in so many movies together and doing their own thing and, uh, it really made me want to go back and watch some Paul Newman stuff. Uh, I had no idea the amount of movies he was in and how important he was or how influential he was to like a lot of the actors and directors that we're enjoying now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it really made me want to go back and watch some of those old movies he was in.
0: Awesome. Well, cool. speaking of docu-series kind of. mm mm-hmm. My number seven is The Rehearsal. Yeah. I mean, just right off the top, the most unique television show of the year, hands yep. down. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
2: I've got that higher
0: on my list. I have that yeah. higher on it my was, list as dude, well. I struggled so hard. I, want, like, I don't know. Like, I think if we recorded this a week from now, it would be higher. It just, you know, but I was looking at some <laughs> yeah, of these yeah, other yeah. shows and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Regardless, uh, you know, Nathan Fielder goes full Synecdoche, New York on us. <laughs> man uh and what i love the most is how it really brought up a lot of conversation about how people actually prefer the illusion of a scenario than the reality of the scenario yeah and that when he gets all these people to rehearse these events what you slowly find is that humans like the idea and fiction of a certain scenario or outcome way more than the reality. And him exposing Mm. that was really cool. And the, the Twitter and the online conversations around it of, is he going too far, all that stuff, I think made it a unique viewing experience. And it really was interesting to watch an episode each week and to get online and see everyone kind of debate it. And the fact that it was controversial, I'm not saying it's good. It's controversial, but it just made it stand out even more and it made me think about the show in a much more intellectually rich way than a show like that playing it safe Mm -hmm. you know i don't know but if you guys have it higher we can talk about it more then but wow just
2: so good yeah absolutely all right number six my number six is severance
1: wow all right that's way I'm sure it's probably
2: higher on y'all's list. Yeah. Uh, So we don't have to talk about it too much. Um, But, yeah, it's fantastic. One of my favorite experiences of the year.
1: There's almost nothing else to say (laughs) about Severance. It's just so stinking good.
2: I mean, it's on my list.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: Up there. So. So. Uh,
1: Okay, so my number six is the newest season of Better Call Saul
2: what what oh. number six <clears throat> yep.
1: number six
0: yeah yes that's where I put okay. it okay well, that's...
2: That's, it's higher on my list Let's well, just say hold on that. I gotta
0: hold on I gotta make a Craigslist ad for podcast <laughs> hosts right now.
1: I'm telling you man I made and that's this is I I for I saw this coming and that's why I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. I made this list with in mind what did I want to come back and take another bite out of every week or every like, what did I think of in the morning? I want to go home and watch this.
0: Yeah, you're not and helping your case for me. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry,
1: but that's, that's just personally, it's just how I felt yeah. about the very, very last season of Better Call Saul, that it's number six, it is very, it is excellent television. Top tier, excellent, distilled, pure television. But it's my number six, and that's just how yeah. I feel.
2: I mean, I can respect it. I, I've had some some crazy takes here as well, but uh, yeah, man, I um, <laughs> I had something I was gonna say, but I, I I lost it. We can cut this out. Your but. memory was uh, uh, wiped
1: by how uh, horrible oh, of a decision. <laughs> I remember,
2: no, I remember now. Here, so just pick it up here. Yeah man, I, I uh I get it. I had some I've had some hot takes here as well. Um but this makes me very excited to see what the rest of your list <laughs> I know,
1: right? No, I I actually think that we're gonna really start to line up here shortly. I think we're all going to yeah, get yeah, pretty maybe. close.
0: I swear if you have like like <laughs> Bing Bong's Playhouse is like number four or whatever weird show, I'm gonna be so mad. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. You don't like Bing Bong's Playhouse?
1: Oh, you guys are scared of Apple TV+. You're crazy, man. You don't like Bing Bong's Playhouse? Yeah. So, Andrew, you're up, buddy. Number six. Are you
0: recalculating? Okay. um, (laughs) There's some egg on my face. (laughs) I didn't put a number six. Oh. My list goes ten, nine, eight, seven, five, four, three, two. 1. Wait, hold on. Well,
2: I don't uh, want to show yeah, you my won't. list, but do you want to go with "Under the Banner of Heaven"? <laughs> there you go.
0: I, I literally wrote out <laughs> ten through one without a number six. What is wrong with me? Uh, um, yeah. So now I, I don't even know what to do. Uh, yeah. Uh, so let's just let's just say "Under the Banner of Heaven." would not have been my number six but it would have been my number ten it's
1: in the top ten
0: so yeah let's let's say that would have been ten so then the rehearsal would have been my six you know
2: so okay there we go oh
0: my what is wrong
2: well with just... my number five is the rehearsal hey Woo! me too oh <laughs> okay, yeah so i wasn't that far sorry off if the i ruined yeah. it
1: ruined yeah. the progression but that's also my yeah. number five
2: <laughs> but uh i mean yeah just to pick up the thread and i don't have to talk that much more about it but it's it, it was the most unique television experience of the year like absolutely Andrew said it like you said evan like talk about something i wanted to watch every week it was like i i could not wait yeah to watch that every single week and it was actually also surprisingly moving yeah yes like especially in the later episodes um I like I loved in the first episode. It kind of set it up like it was gonna be okay. Every week is gonna be this. Yeah, yeah, where yeah. Where I'm gonna have a new person every week, and we're gonna just do this yeah. rehearsal Different rehearsal. And I was like, I'm on board. That sounds cool. Yeah. And then as it went, where it was like, okay, another episode about this woman in the house. Another episode about this. And it just kind of evolved. There is a shot where like a young kid goes down a slide, and then it's like. No, no, the older kid goes down the slide and then it's the young kid again. Yeah. And I it like moved me and I was like, "Oh my gosh." Like,
1: yeah. The part oh, the part man. that got to me the most probably was whenever he um he wanted to redo parts of the child's youth that he missed.
2: Exactly. And yeah.
1: uh, that part really got to me where I was yeah. just like, "Oh man, just like this idea that he's doing a rehearsal and he can do whatever he wants and he can go back and live years three through six again. Mm -hmm. But like when you have a little kid, you can't get a single moment that you miss back. And it just like really drove that home to me. And I think for him, he felt the weight of like, well, I didn't get to experience this time. I didn't get to experience these years. What could I have done better? Or what could I have done different? And that part of the show, and I think it was towards the end of the show, maybe the last episode, um, just really got to me. Yeah, I thought yeah. I yeah. thought it was And when the, when the boy
2: weird. was like, uh, I want him to be my real dad.
1: Oh, man. Like, yeah. The
2: show got so real. Yeah, I was like, dude. This is the show anticipating the critique of the show. Yep. Yeah. Highlighting the negative aspects of what he's, of what he's doing and addressing it head on, but Mm -hmm. not giving a neat, like tie a bow on it answer. Yeah. Because even rehearsals of life don't have neat answers. You know what I mean? And it's just like, it was just a moving to, to see him highlight how, um, like not even a rehearsal of life goes the way you expect. Yeah. Um even rehearsals can be messy and nuanced. Like it takes a rehearsal to show you the truth and the true reality of life. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. There's a play on words there somewhere I was trying to get, but yeah. you get what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, I uh, there were several moments watching that show where I was just like there's no voice Like his, like, there's no perspective, like, there's just no show like that right now. Like, there's nothing you can compare it to, it's singular. Like, it's that's just really, really, it's the best reality TV you can watch.
0: Yeah, Nathan Fielder's just on another level, man. Like, yeah, dude, we're, I don't know, like, we're just so lucky that he's
1: yeah i was crazy thinking...
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. i was thinking so that was yeah. dan that was your number five and that that's was your my number... number five okay as well. so i guess i'll just go to my number five then and i did include the number are you five sure you wrote a list. five yeah. <laughs> yeah oh my gosh seven to five i i work in banking this is uh great okay <laughs> oh my gosh so my number five is barry
2: right. uh, i think okay.
0: that's a more appropriate place for barry uh though it is a little low for me because barry season one and season two like if i would have made a list of my favorite shows of those years barry would have been one or two easily like i've barry each season's been on previously has been like in my opinion the best tv has to offer Mm -hmm. um and this season even with bill hader directing more um and uh getting getting to see him evolve as a visual storyteller has been really cool but when dan brought it up again i think there was something to where there was a little bit of a lag in the middle of the season where like I just was like so turned off from Barry as a character Mm. and also from his girlfriend the character I'm, I'm forgetting her name now like they just like they almost like went too far beyond the line and I was like just feeling gross right all that being said they bring this season home so well and the season finale just like like I had to like turn around and rewatch it. I thought it was so good and it like just surprised me. Um so it's number 5. I I still am a little shocked that it wasn't higher on my list, but I think that's just a testament to 2022 and How strong some of the TV other shows has been this year. Yeah. 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 So like, Evan, I mean I'm listening
2: up. to you and like, yeah, Barry's fantastic, but when I look at my next four yeah. shows, I'm like it's in the right spot. Exactly. You know?
1: I can't believe some of the next of my four have already been mentioned.
0: Oh, wow. So you're all mm. flipped around. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Dan, will right. bring us home. Bring us into the number, number four. four. The Bear. Me too. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's also a show
0: I didn't get to yet. <laughs> what? I didn't get to Dude. it. Man. It's, so, it's such an
1: easy watch, and it's so stinking. I actually have seen it twice. I saw. It, I watched really? it once. I actually watched it once in a day. And then I watched it again because I was like, Carly, you've got to watch this show. So we watched it together.
0: Well, real quick, Dan, before you dive into it. Uh, I watched the pilot with you yeah. at your house. And I tried to keep watching it, but Anna did not like it. Uh, so not trying to throw mm. Anna under the bus or anything. But, but she just got run over. <laughs>
2: uh, but she's got tire marks yeah. on her back. <laughs> well, so me and Jess actually watched this one together and she she loved it as much as as i did which is rare for us both to not just like the same show cause we like a lot of the same shows but then to rank it like at the same level yeah um i think it's just a testament to the show that it you know that that's the case that it can appeal to that wide of an audience um but i i thought it was brilliant i thought uh the filmmaking was outstanding. I mean, there's an episode that's basically a -er, one-er the whole episode. Yeah. Um,
1: And it's intense,
2: which, you know, brilliant filmmaking, man,
0: I can't wait to dive into that.
2: The whole um, set is this small kitchen. And so you can get this like really claustrophobic kind of feel that just ratchets up the tension. in a lot of these things, plus the story is just so rich and complex Mm -hmm. where you've got these, characters that are so similar because they come from the same place yet have grown apart so much to then have them forced together like it it really is a pressure cooker mm-hmm. and to just watch that simmer and then boil by the end of the show is um it's just kind of it's just a masterclass on writing and and uh, the way it's directed is is the same, so yeah, I think it's one of those shows too where like the less you know about it, the better. Yes, so, like I don't even want to describe the plot too much. I just kind of want to say mm. if you haven't seen it, they're like twenty something minute episodes, and there's like what eight of them,
1: and it's perfect. Like the length it's of perfect. the show there's is not a like, dud episode in the no, mix. It's perfect.
2: Just go watch it.
1: Yeah, it's such an easy watch, and it's also hilarious and heartbreaking. <laughs> well, yeah, that too. And it's like, it makes you feel every emotion. You're going to laugh. You're going to feel sad. I, is it Jeremy Allen White is the lead?
2: Yeah, I think so.
1: I, have, I was initially drawn to the show because I liked him so much in Shameless, mm-hmm. and he's so freaking likable. Um, and you just root for him so hard the entire time. And, uh, no, I, it's definitely one of the best shows of the year. Um, it's one of those shows where you're just like, you watch it from beginning to end and you're like, this could have a million seasons or it could just have this one season and it would be perfect. Like it, it's one of those things where it's like, they could keep this going and it would be great or if they just did this one season, it would go down in history. as just like an amazing just run of episodes and an amazing television show. No, it's just really, really super good. They do a great job of just helping you as an audience, like fall in love with each character in the kitchen, which, uh, I think is so parallel to what working in a kitchen must be like. Um, One of my favorite, like, celebrity chef kind of people was a producer on the show, Maddie Matheson. And uh, I know they worked really hard to make it be as accurate as they possibly could in the kitchen. So I think that's just like an extra layer to me that always helps me enjoy the show more whenever I'm watching it, is just knowing like there was a ton of attention to detail. And um, it's just so stinking good, man. If you haven't seen it, just go watch it. It's easy, just watch it.
0: It's easy. Just watch
1: It's an easy watch. It really is. You open your eyeballs
0: and you stare at a screen.
1: Well, and you talk about like a show that like keeps you coming back for more. Like I did not. (laughs) I just want to take another bite. uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) But uh, no. Yeah. It was like at the end of every episode, I was like, there's no possible way I am not turning on the next episode evan,
0: evan you're like the guy at the mall kiosk with the free samples of yeah. the bear just one He's more just, like, just have a little just bite one more. a little bite of the bear
1: exactly yeah no andrew you're crazy for not watching it yet you got to. I know watch i
0: want it. to man uh okay number four right yep okay my yep. number four house of the dragon
2: nice there you go
0: uh evan and i already made a podcast and video on this so i'm just going to reiterate what we said there but i i think uh they made such a wise choice making the dramatic tension boil down to like these three or four characters who are all related. And once you get past the first episode, you know, what all those characters want, you know, how all those characters rub against each other in the wrong way. And thinking about how some of those storylines yeah. go, that was not an appropriate, uh, And rub against uh, each other in yeah,
1: other ways. I was going to say, uh,
0: <laughs> knowing how that goes, uh, using the term rub together. Uh, was a bit of a misstep on my part, but, uh, yeah, but how all those characters conflict with each other sure. because you instantly know what they want, what their desires are, what their weaknesses are and strengths. And I I don't know, talk about a masterclass in writing as well, because it's just so simple and where it's like, okay, we're going to bring it down to one house. We're not going to go to 12 different parts of Westeros and 12 different cities and all that stuff. It's, they're, related, they're fighting for the throne and they all have these different wants and needs, and here's how they conflict. Boom, put them in a room, see what happens. And it's just pure drama at its finest. Mm-hmm. And it's almost a little kind of pulpy in it's, in it's a uh, soap opera, maybe not pulpy, but it, it's very soap opery at times, Yeah, but like in a very elegant way. I, I don't know. Evan, yeah. is it higher in your list too?
1: It is, uh, it is higher on my
2: list. Okay. Yes.
0: So you can get to it when, yeah. uh, when you get we'll to get it. We'll get to it later. But yeah, love
2: love House of the Dragon. All right, number three. This is getting exciting. <laughs> uh, my number three is Andor.
0: That's mine too. All right. Yes. Dude, I'm so happy you had Andor high up on your list. Oh, oh, yeah.
2: Andor, is it higher on your list, Evan?
1: I have not yet seen it. And, oh my god. And here we go. Here's where it's going to get bad for us. Okay. Be careful. <laughs> I'm going to be I'm already getting hateful comments I'm about be. I'm going Star to Wars. be as cautious as I possibly can here. But in a world where you have many mediocre Star Wars shows that are coming out and not not to say oh, that Oh, that's not they're controversial. All, Just
0: don't name which ones you think. Not are to say that they're
1: all mediocre, but I, personally, whenever I see another one coming out, I'm I'm full. I feel like I have been to the buffet, and I've loaded my plate up with Star Wars, and I've eaten all that I can eat, and whenever I see another one drop, it's just kind of like, pff, I'm just stuffed. I, I don't know if I can do it.
2: So, I, I relate to this, Evan, because when it first came out, I was like, no thanks, I'm not watching this, because... We yeah. got burned on, and I am gonna name drop because I don't care. <laughs> I got burned with Obi Wan Kenobi. I was like, yeah. "This is gonna be amazing," and it was shit. It was bad. <laughs> so uh, it was bad.
1: He's not even he's not even sugarcoating it at all. He's just no. going straight in.
2: We got burned. So when Andor came out, I was like, nah, mm-mm. Yeah. I also knew that Boba Fett was gonna be terrible, so I didn't even watch it. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple of episodes coming in there from, that are good, but I watched I was like, a couple I'm not episodes. Not going to watch Boba Fett and Obi Wan Kenobi's terrible. And no. Andor, sorry, prejudged. But my my boss here, Rich, who's the host of the podcast that I work for, he was like, "Dude, you have to watch it," and so I did, and I'm so glad because, uh, it's brilliant. Like we've been saying that, but from so many of these shows, mm-hmm. um. But it's a, it's, a, it's a Star Wars show that uses almost none of the major tropes of Star Wars. Yep. It has some of the iconography, but yet is infused with the DNA from the original still almost more so. Than some of the movies that like have all of the iconography and all of the stuff, like jam packed, like all the fan service, blah, da, 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 da. Here's everything you've ever wanted. This has like almost none of that and yet feels more like Star Wars than some of the movies that have come out um, recently. But beyond that, even is the fact that like there have been, there was, so Andor has like, you know, every two or three episodes is like a mini arc. And then you're on to another like mini arc. Mm -hmm. And the arc in the prison (sighs) was one of the most thrilling things I've ever seen in any TV or movies. Like it's up there to me with like a Mission Impossible movie. Like it's like that kind of level of... Man, I got so much more TV to watch. (laughs) When when (sighs) they're in that hallway and, you know... Yeah, something happens, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> uh, Andy... Yeah, I'm trying to be vague, yeah, but when yeah. Andy Circus, You Andy know the moment Sandberg, I'm talking no. about. When Andy Circus says, you know, never more than 12, yep. that line sounds so boring out of context. That was like the most thrilling <laughs> dude, line
0: I'd ever Well, heard. dude, no, no.
2: This show yeah.
0: had some of the best monologues in TV in a long time
1: man really
0: like if, if if i talk to anyone from andor and be like dude that monologue that was great right and they'll go yes and they'll be thinking of a different monologue a different one because there's yeah. five or six from the whole series that like could be the best yeah. monologue
1: well i know i know i need to watch it yeah. i know
0: well so it was my number three as well so i guess we'll skip evan and then you can do your three so i can talk about it real quick but uh i just released a whole video essay on andor So you guys can watch that to get my, you know,
1: go hate on
0: it. Full seven minute thoughts on (laughs) why it's great. Yeah. But just like Dan said, Andor captures the spirit of resistance and rebellion better than any Star Wars movie made after 1977. And I say this in the video, but it's so true that every subsequent Star Wars movie or project, especially the Disney ones, are trying to recreate the feeling of you watch watching star wars as like a fan having already seen it you know what i mean so they're trying to recreate that feeling you have of remembering star wars not you actually watching it for the first time but recreate that feeling of you thinking about your memory of star wars right Riz and or goes we don't care about your memories of star wars We want to capture what made star Wars great originally as something that was new, that challenged the status quo and that challenged like totalitarianism and fascism and was a story for the people by the people, because at the time, George Lucas was an outcast underdog. Yeah, He wasn't this big figure. Star Wars wasn't its own monolithic kind of, you know, juggernaut itself it was a smaller thing and andor really captures that and if you stripped away all the star wars elements it still works as a great political thriller yeah
1: well i'm sold it sounds awesome uh so am i going next yeah so you're three so my third one is uh house of the dragon nice i've affectionately come to call it hot d (laughs) (laughs) D.
2: that's how it's written on my list (laughs) yeah
1: me too uh no, I mean, renewed we've already, two. like we talked about it on a, yeah. on another podcast episode. We've already talked about it a little bit today. It's a great show It of shows that had me like, oh man, I can't wait till Sunday night so yeah, that I can true. watch the next episode. I was pumped whenever the next episode would come out, we get to watch it. And I was, uh, on more than a couple episodes, like really, really bummed that I couldn't binge it. And I had to wait a week and, you know, really simmer on what I had just seen. So, yeah. um, I, I'm a sucker for just a super dynamic character, a character that changes a lot throughout the show. And, uh, Damon just had me hooked, man. I hated him. I loved him and then I hated him mm-hmm. and then I really loved. him. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I, I'm a sucker for those characters and they're in spades. In uh, in yeah. House of the Dragon, so I love that show. Yeah,
0: House of the Dragon. Like you know, I hear I hear people, especially older women, talk about like, oh, I gotta watch my soap. I gotta I gotta cancel all my plans to watch my soap. I've never related to that expression yeah, yeah, or yeah. feeling until I watched House of the Dragon, because it really did feel like like, okay, it's time to watch my soap.
1: It's time to sit down, yeah. nestle in, and watch, watch my, my show. Watch my yeah. stories.
0: You know, <laughs> Heck, that's what yeah. it felt like. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, it's really good. And I I initially was like not excited about house of the dragon because i usually just whenever it comes to like bleeding a a franchise for all it's worth i just Mm. never get very excited i just anytime i there's a prequel or they're just gonna do more i just get weary and i could not have been more wrong so and
0: you initially said rings of power was better let's (laughs) look
1: Let's not. Let's just not focus yeah, okay. on that
2: right now. Okay? Yeah, you took enough of uh, a beating in that comment <laughs> section. <laughs> All right, we ready for number two?
1: Number two, I, I, I feel like I have to know what this is. Go ahead.
2: My number two is White Lotus.
1: Yep, I knew it. Wow, <laughs> I knew it. Number it's two. it's my number two as well. Really? You and I have been
0: uh, not on my list. Terrible ending. What? Whoa! Yeah. I did not Hot see this take. coming. Hated that finale. Whoa! Yeah. Wow.
2: Okay. I loved it. What yeah. did you hate about it? I'm so curious.
0: Um, I just thought it did not pay off on any of the storylines in a satisfying way. Oh wow. Uh, I just disagree. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I don't even know where to start. Like, uh, I feel like that's kind of the point jennifer Coolidge's it is the ending of jennifer specifically jennifer coolidge's like storyline like i i just i thought it was so like laughably bad like the way that resolved it just felt like the way it was building up to me it just like petered out so just like unfulfilled literally fell flat <laughs> Yeah, it literally did <laughs> fall flat. And then I was like, well, okay, well, maybe that was the point. And the more I thought about it, I was like, if it was, like, there was nothing really interesting about that being the point. And so, and then, like, the the way um, Audrey Plaza and her husband and the other couple, like, there's kind of climax, like, earlier than that so then i loved how that ended i loved
1: how those relationships i almost was like
0: okay well if that's how jennifer coolidge's story was going to be like just let's not even go there and let's spend more time with the couples and have that resolve and not have jennifer coolidge eat up 90 percent of the runtime of the finale so like i left that finale just like very muddled and kind of cold and confused and it whereas the what was it seven episodes prior i was like having a ball and laughing and Sure. So, anyway.
2: Yeah. I mean, I laughed well, it's, so hard whenever yeah.
1: the thing at the end happened. But go ahead, Dan. Sorry well, I, I was
2: going to say that, uh, yeah, I mean, you got to remember, it's a farce, right? And so um, I thought the endings were all perfect, and they're tragedy endings, because the two couples, the way their storyline ends is that Aubrey Plaza and... Uh, the other guy, I don't know the actor's name. Mm-hmm. Um, they end up becoming the other couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Th- what happened was the he's telling a story about how, like, becoming wealthy can be corruptible, and so one couple basically corrupted another couple and turned them into a version of themselves. Because if you look at the end when they're in the airport their body language is completely different and is the same as the other yeah. couple's body language. There's the like, only story they, I, I liked. Yeah, they lured, lured them into the kind of same relationship that they have where they each like cheat on each other and have these weird secrets. And they turned this couple that never lied to each other, you know, completely into something else. And so it's like, that's how corruptible um, power and sex and money can be. And then you have the three generations of the men that ends in a tragedy where uh, you have the youngest son who's really trying to be different Mm -hmm. from his, you know, other generations above him. And yet it's too, it's almost like too liberal. Like he's, he's trying too hard, but then by the end, after what he experienced, like he's just, you know, played. And then when that woman is, walks by them in the airport, you just see all three of them just completely objectify her and you go, okay, nothing's changing in these generations. Like the young, that young man is exactly the same as the other two. Like, yeah. Are, you know, so are we really making any progress (laughs) as a society in that vein? Um, and then with Jennifer Coolidge, it was like, uh, it was leading that way the whole time. It was like, of course she was going to be the one because, um, you know, all the little breadcrumbs, it it was like almost too obvious that I overthought it. And I was like, who's going, who's going to be the, you know, who's going to die. Right. And then when it happened, I was like, Oh, of course. And it's so laughable. Um, but she still has her like, um, moment of, of triumph. You know what I mean? Like, she figures it out. She, um, you know, swings back, fights back, succeeds, and yet her demise is her own. Like, she's always been her own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, she was going to do something really great in season one with that employee mm-hmm. and then, you know, shot herself in the foot and just, like, moved on like she's always in relationships self-sabotaging and since so that for that to be the way she also uh is her demise like makes complete sense so yeah i loved it
1: yeah yeah i agree completely i i thought that uh i thought that the couples the um the two couples how it ended with them with their being like things that weren't said that were unspoken, like that were like, they never talked about it. Um, I just felt like that was such a, like for some people accurate way that we just kind of go throughout our lives. There's just like a unspoken thing. It happened. We never really talked about it, but I got even or I made myself feel better in another way and now we're just going to kind of keep going and, and, um, and kind of like the perception is reality, uh, saying that you hear really comes to life with, with the jealousy that he was having over something he didn't even know had happened where it's just like, he perceives that, that that's the case. So it's like, he now cannot live with himself without knowing, without a shadow of a doubt whether or not it happened, but he never will. And so I, I loved kind of the unspoken way that that ended with those couples. I thought it was great. And I yeah. agree with everything you said, Dan yep. and everything else.
0: Yeah. None of the three of those storylines coalesced at all very well for me. Like I, I knew what they were doing with the, the three guys, the, right. the generations of those men. Right. I liked what they were doing with the couples. Jennifer Coolidge's story took like 90% of the finale. I mean, that's an exaggeration, but like. It it took up so much of that finale and it was building up to like this like thriller with like Portia being separated with the the nephew, quote unquote. And then the, the scenes on the boat and it's getting intense and then the way it just kinda like and then I was like, Oh, okay, well, okay, so that's what that was. Okay, let's get back to the couples. Yeah, but that's kind of And then of by a- the time you cut back to the couples, you're like, Oh wait, so that did resolve? Like it almost like it left with Uh, Audrey Plaza's husband and the the other wife kind of going off insinuating they did something. And then by the time it cuts back to that story, it's already over resolved there. I'm like, I would have liked the narrative to be focused on them because I thought that was the more interesting thematic storyline in it to have the cathartic moment on them and not to be an afterthought to what happened with Jennifer Coolidge. But I
1: like the ending because I feel like it we go back to our default i feel like yeah. every character I like
0: the ending with those characters it every just character
1: kind of went back it's they all started earned. the show by saying like I want a new adventure i want to do something different i want to like be someone that i haven't been before or i want to be you know or have an adventure whatever it is and then they all just went back to their where they're most comfortable they went back to their default and that's Mm -hmm. just the way we are as like human beings is like where's my comfort zone i got out of it for a second and i need to find it again and i like i like i agree with you that the porsche ending was a little bit of a letdown but at the same time it's so true to like who she is yes and she knew that by the end that she was like mm-hmm. i just defaulted to the same thing i always do yeah
2: i don't know yeah. i just we felt wrap like this up here soon yeah. but andrew you said a word in when you were talking you said catharsis the show has no catharsis yeah and maybe mm-hmm. that's why you bristle at it and that's why i like it because often in life there's no true catharsis. Right. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. he's. It's it's the. You know, for everything I said earlier about like things I like being moved by things, that things hitting my heart, and sometimes intellectual pursuits don't always connect. For some reason, this one did. Like I kind of just get it intellectually, what they were doing, and I, I enjoyed that. Right. Of like, oh. Right. I see it and I, I love what it's saying. Yeah. Uh, I guess I meant and the ride to yeah. get there was so enjoyable.
0: I think I meant catharsis more mechanically of the storyline and how those sure. pay off mm. and not necessarily like the individual emotional elements of the characters. Cause I, I do know what you're saying. I just felt like those three storylines that the season were juggling. I thought they were going to do this at the end and they all just kind of did this. Yeah, And like just went three, all loosely connected by the theme of sexual dynamics, but boop, boop, boop. And like, I just, I left the show just being like, oh, like since they all kind of went their own way at the end a little bit and they never kind of came back and like all kind of, you know, kind of merged together thematically really sure. cleanly. It left me just going like, oh, this was kind of like, hmm. and mm. then the the story I was least interested in was the one that had the most emphasis at the end. And I was like, I wish the whole finale was just Audrey Plaza and their whole storyline. That was the one I was caught up with. But anyway, I think we went way too far this with that. Is, but... This
1: is not the one I would have bet that we would yeah. have disagreed all disagreed on.
0: I was just shocked because I was like, yeah. I didn't even entertain it after that finale even being in my list. Oh, wow, it's shocking to yeah. me. Wow. But
1: let's keep going. Let's keep going. Yeah. All right, all right so, so that was my well. number two as well. Wow,
2: okay. So let me, wait, let me get this straight. R four three and two were the same.
1: I think more than that. I think
2: no, 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 five no. four three no his two? four his four is House of the Dragon
1: five my oh,
0: three bad. was similar with yours
1: five four three and two have all been the same Dan. Wow.
2: No. From no five what was your, on what was your no. four Dan? Mine was the bear.
1: Yep, mine too. And I had the rehearsal as five.
2: But oh okay, your three oh, was your different. Your three your three, so, your three so was, it was different. Two. Oh yeah yeah four and two.
1: Yeah. Cause I had hot tea. My four and two. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Can't believe you guys didn't right, have murderville sorry, on here and unless and you have it in the number one slot.
0: <laughs> All right. So that was your two, your two. Yeah. Okay. So no, my two number two is severance. Um, okay. I, w- I went back and forth with severance being my one or two, but when I get to my one, I'll explain why that's my one. But again, severance really shocked me. Uh, it, was not on my radar coming in the 2022. I think it's a really unique show where it takes that JJ Abrams mystery box element, but unlike shows like that in the past where it it's driven by the mystery and then once the mystery is revealed there's kind of nothing character-wise or thematic-wise kind of underneath that. This actually had something to say underneath the mystery and it was driven with something to say. Rather than just, you know, song and dance of, oh, look at this thing that's interesting that you're not going to figure out. It was all tied together very well. And I was just constantly being surprised with the, the world building of that office. And as someone who works in a very uh, monotoned, bland, stereotypical office building and spends a lot of time at work what this was saying about American work culture hit really close to home with me. And that's not me saying like, I hate my work. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying like the drone of going to work day in, day out, spending less and less time at home. Like that really hit home. And right. so just yeah. Whew, amazing.
2: Yeah. Severance was my number six. I don't think I, I talked about it at the time. Um, so I'll, I'll piggyback here and just say like uh, it did, I think Ben Stiller is a really underrated director because Mm. the directing in this Mm. show did some really unique things, all motivated by character and motivated by story. Yep. And the best example of that is the effect that they use with the lenses when the characters are in the elevator and they switch from one character that one version zoom. of themselves to the other, Yeah, they do basically like a dolly zoom effect, which changes the focal length of the lens, which makes the faces go from looking round and flat to long and pointy. Mm-hmm. And I didn't go back and rewatch. I had like a theory and I was like, if I was still making why it's great, I would have gone back and watched and like, see if I could make a video essay about this. But I'm kind of convinced that every time they shoot the character outside of the office, they're using one focal length of lenses. Mm -hmm. And every time they're shooting the characters on the inside, they're using a different set of focal length of the lenses. And when you get that elevator, like shifting, you're going from one to another. And then you're using just a whole different set of lenses on each so that subtly in your brain, like when they're, you know, when each one is, is when you're cutting back and forth from in and out, your brain can know like, okay, this, this really is the Audi And this really is the any Mm -hmm. on a really subtle way i don't know i just really i loved that well and then the 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 other
0: visual thing they do is they put um uh not adam driver (laughs) um, (laughs) adam scott adam scott they put him on one third of the frame a lot where he's kind of almost severed from the rest of his environment where you know they put him in the far right or the far left And I noticed that a lot in the first couple episodes and I was like, man, like that's just a really simple visual cue to be like, look how empty the rest of his environment is and like how distant he is from it. And he's kind of always just severed from things.
1: Yeah. Yep. I love severance too.
0: Did he even make your list at all?
1: Yep. Oh,
0: okay. (laughs) I was like, you you said it like, eh, you know. Okay.
1: Well, it's my it I, I mean i can go ahead and just say it's yep. my number 1.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: i put it as my number 1. So, i, I guess loved that's it. That's
0: the only spot left, so. Yeah.
1: I loved it. I um i will say i was uh at first didn't it wasn't immediately grabbed.
0: That's right. Yeah. I was
1: not immediately grabbed by the show. Um i i do believe it's a little it's well, more than a little. It's pretty slow at the beginning and they are really taking their time and doing a lot of those visual things to, to cue you into what's going on in the characters lives and what's going to happen in the rest of the show. I didn't immediately appreciate that like I should have, but that is why it felt a little bit slow. They really take their time to kind of like set that up visually which uh, now looking back I really appreciate um, but I mean talk about at the end of a show just absolute agony for wanting more um, yeah man they they leave us in agony wanting more episodes of that show um, mm-hmm. oh, and that,
0: that cliffhanger
1: yeah dude yeah so I mean Great. you guys have have said, enough about it i i loved it if you haven't seen it you gotta watch it if you feel like it's slow at the beginning just stay strong and keep going because it is awesome right
2: i so mean that- talk about i mean we didn't even mention like some of the amazing performances yep. like by christopher mm-hmm. walken and john Turturro. <laughs> man, oh, wow christopher uh,
1: walken man yeah, yeah
2: fantastic and the last thing i'll say about it is you know you you mentioned the first episode or two feeling slow just compare that to the pacing of the last episode and mm-hmm. i think that they were intentionally uh you know p- playing off this dichotomy like the first episode i'm playing up the monotony like he's bored in his life yeah um it's boring to watch like it kind of is intentionally yeah. but then the contrast it to the amount of cuts yeah in the last episode it's like cut 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 going back and forth between the innies and the outies and you know it's just like yeah what is happening yeah
1: no i I mean that last episode is like you said abs it's just thrilling it's like thrilling television i think i paused it halfway through and just turned to my wife and was just like This is amazing. Like, this is amazing. Like, (laughs) I want to live in this moment forever. Like, this is so good. Um, But no, there is a part of me, too, that just loves the rebellion. Mm. The like, like, I know something's going to happen to me. The unionizing. But like, who cares? Like, I'm going to do it anyway. You're going to punish me. And I don't care. I'll just take the punishment. Like part of me just like loves to see the rebellion on screen, you know, just like watching them just stick it to the man, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, real quick, going back to what you just said, Dan, about how it feels slow at the beginning, but they're like really quick at the end. I think that's a great, I I think that's purposeful. Like you said, because the whole point of the show is like the manipulation of time and Mm -hmm. like how people experience time. Right. And so it's almost functioning like that where you could have swore the first couple episodes were like all over an hour because, you know, the details and plot elements were kind of unraveling uh, further apart. Whereas in the last couple episodes, you're like, that was like a 15 minute episode. It just flew by Yeah, just like the workers in the environment. It feels like the office day will never end. But then to the Audis, it's just like, wow, that was nothing. You know?
1: Yeah. I, something we talked about whenever we were first watching the show that I thought was just such a good, conversation to have was just how they like us, we spend a lot of time in our offices or at our workplaces throughout the day. And we're using our time as currency, Yeah, you know? And I, I, I just think that's a really powerful, uh, metaphor and a really powerful message for a show to have just how are you using your time and However you're using it, is it worth yeah. wasting it? If you, if you feel like it's not worth it, you know, that would be wasting your time, you know? So is it, it, it's, it, it raises a lot of really powerful questions whenever you think about things in that way is, am I using my time as currency? Is that
0: yeah. because who you are is expressed with how you spend your time. Yeah. And we think they're very different things, identity and time, but I mm-hmm. think the show is saying, no, your identity is the time you spend. Yeah. So, yeah. Really good stuff.
2: Brilliant. Um, so I think that it's come down to number one for me, and I think me and Andrew are yeah, the same I, We number have one. to be, yeah. Yeah, Which Bing Bong's is... Playhouse. Bing Bong's Playhouse. <laughs> Bing Bong's Playhouse. No. <laughs> it is. Better call Saul, babe, yeah. baby. <laughs> Better call Saul.
0: No wonder you had such severe
2: reactions. I... <laughs> forget me
0: not liking white Lotus season two and forget me forgetting the number six existed. That is the crime of the episode. You cannot
1: say that (laughs) me having better call Saul at number six is the crime of the episode. After you forgot number six completely,
0: dude, dude, if I had to bet my whole life savings, which isn't much after this wedding, what your number one would have been, I would have been like, it has to be better call Saul. (laughs) So
2: I don't, well, yeah, better call Saul. Well, The, the, Great, one of the greatest television shows, not just of the year, I think of all time.
1: I would agree one with of the you. best
2: finales of all time. Like, mm-hmm. that's a spot where a lot of shows fail, even great shows fail yeah. in the finale.
1: Vince does not fail in finales.
2: They mm-hmm. stuck the landing, this they did it again. Yeah, like yeah. it's just it, it had everything. I think. Everything we've talked about in each of these shows, each show like highlighted a thing like the directing or the writing or like emotional tug or like visual storyline, storytelling. Yeah, Better Call Saul has all of it in this season. I wanted to. I could not wait to see the next one every week. Every week I was moved. I found something profound about humanity. They were making statements about life, um, and. It just tied together the whole series when you think about how each series, each season started with that black and white, you know, vignette. And you're like, what is that building towards? And then not only to get like one episode to see where that build towards, but to get like three or four episodes at the end, mm-hmm. all in black and white, shot classically like an old movie. Um yeah, it's almost mm-hmm. like there's no more words to describe how how perfectly that just hit me. You know what I mean? And like how much they stuck that landing.
1: Right. I mean, I loved it, but, you know, I had it at six, okay?
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I will say uh, I'm actually really proud of the conversation you and I had when we reviewed the finale. Yeah. Um, so definitely check that out. but yeah exactly what dan said like it just checks every box and the fact that it not only had a payoff with the jimmy mcgill saw storyline but it also paid off all of breaking bad before it too which is a exactly. monumental task where it has to tie a bow on the post-Breaking Bad stuff, oh, man, but also yeah. tie a bow on the its own show. And the fact that it did both, and it added new depth to Breaking Bad, looking backward at it. Yeah. Especially that scene, which... Uh, was that in the penultimate or the finale? Anyway, where you see uh Jimmy and Walter have that conversation in that like bunker about yeah. like what would you yeah. do if you go back in time like just seeing that flesh out Walter's perspective a little more and how it differs from Jimmy yeah. and how their 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 arcs are actually very different um just was so beautiful and man that final shot uh, that's that's all i can say is that final shot it's incredible yeah.
2: here's one small thing that's an example it's like a microcosm of the thought and care that makes the show great is that and it's really small and I don't know why it stuck out to me, but in the episode in season three or four where Jimmy's brother is on trial and Jimmy slips that um cell yeah. phone in his pocket. Yep. Right? Yeah and he's trying to explain on on the stand like what his condition is uh and jimmy asks him like can you feel some electricity right now the the camera cuts to a wide angle of the room yes but from behind like an exit sign yep and mm, when it cuts that buzz. to that you hear the buzz mm. of the electricity in the finale when jimmy is standing up and like basically Showing that he's changed and he's confessing now. He mentions his brother. And as soon as he mentions his brother in that speech, it goes to the same shot. Mm -hmm. Did you catch that?
0: Yeah, I think I did. It cuts to a wide
2: angle from an exit sign with a buzz. And I went, son of a bitch. Yeah. Like every little
0: detail, man. Man, they
1: just, yeah. Yeah. It's every little detail. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I just yeah I mean like look I mean how could someone not put it as their number one like I can't imagine some bloke making a list look some people might make the mistake
1: of thinking that number 10 on the list is a bad television show but I don't think that anything any show on this list is a bad TV show they're all amazing
0: And you asked me to list them here. And I did, and that's what happened. Here's what happened. I actually pulled a number six from my list so I could give Evan an extra number so he could have two number ones and make Better Call Saul his one. There you go. Yeah. Even though he
2: had it. What's really interesting, Evan, like ours was so similar, I just realized your number six was Better Call Saul, and your number one was Severance, and my number six was Severance. And your and number one was Better Call Saul.
1: Wow. What is happening? Interesting. What this is, is really with? Very interesting. <laughs> That's so Okay.
2: Weird. Well, that just
0: reminds me real quick. How about we each go through our 10 through one just in a succession so everyone kind of remembers like what it was before we kind of wrap it up? Yeah. Cool. Sounds
2: good. Dan, good. Number f- 10, Hot D. Number nine, <laughs> Barry. Number eight, Fleischman is in trouble. Mm. Number seven, the big brunch. Number six, Severance. Number five, The Rehearsal. Number four, The Bear. Number three, Andor. Number two, White Lotus. And number one, Better Call Saul.
0: All right.
1: All right.
2: Evan, remind us what your list was.
1: My horrible list, apparently, according to Andrew. (laughs) Uh, Number 10, Midnight Club. Number nine, Murderville. Number eight, Outer Range. Number seven, The Last Movie Stars. Number six... Better Call Saul. Number five, The Rehearsal. Number four, The Bear. Number three, Hot D. Number two, White Lotus. Number one, Severance.
0: You know what I will say? When we first had our Severance talk, you weren't very high on it. So I'm very pleased that it, it's not only it very rose. high, it's number one.
1: But. It rose.
0: All right, here's my list. Uh, number 10, Stranger Things. Nine, Peacemaker. Eight, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Seven, the rehearsal, no six because I'm a moron. <laughs> number five, Barry. Four, Hot D. Three, Andor. Two, Severance, and the obvious choice at number one: Better Call Saul.
1: <laughs> you had, uh Amen. You had under the banner of Heaven. Yeah, as ten. My, yeah, technically, yeah. Technically, so, you could put that up there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm so proud of now
2: how I'd like to pivot to the oh. moment at least one person has been waiting for i know at least one yeah. person out there has been waiting for it my <laughs> underrated list All oh right. yeah rattle yeah. them off for us <laughs> okay underrated of 2022 here we go number one and these are not in any particular order uh undone oh season oh i didn't season get to two that or three i think oh. season two And yeah, season two
0: yeah i didn't get to that
2: yeah. yet oh. Season right. one was was fantastic, also underrated, and season two was, was more great uh, storytelling in a very unique form. We have an uh, underrated. I don't think anybody's watching yeah. or talking about this, and they should. Undone.
0: We have an underrated video essay on Undone season one that I want to throw people to. That's true.
2: So, Undone uh, number two underrated is Russian Doll, the Natasha oh, Lyonne really? show mm-hmm. on Netflix. Season one was awesome, and season two was great. Like, it's, a, it's one of those shows that the sh- episodes are, like, short, and then there's not a, it's not a long season, so it's very bingeable, and I think people binge it, and then they're just kind of like, okay, it's disposable. But I just wanted to bring a little bit more attention to it. It's great. Uh, it's worth watching. Russian Doll. Yeah, that's been on my list for a while. Number three, a Peacock original. Oh. Called the Resort. I've never
0: heard of that. <laughs> Me either.
2: Starring the guy who plays Cheedy in The Good Place. Okay. Uh, it's a it's a, oh, and the woman who plays the mom in How I Met Your Mother. Oh, uh, Christina. Oh yeah, um, Miliotti or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, The Resort. It's this like. It's this mystery. Of two missing kids that went missing during a hurricane at a resort in the 90s. And then in present day, Chidi and his wife, played by Kristen Milioti or whatever her name is, uh, stumble upon a like 90s old school brick phone and like try to find what happened to them oh, and wow. see if they can find them. And it is thrilling. It's great, and nobody's talking about it because it's on Peacock. But I guarantee you, if Netflix like bought it from Peacock and put it on, it'd be like like that NBC show Manifest. It would just mm-hmm. like snap to the top, I think, because uh, it's great. Anyway, um, next I'll say my number three out of five is a show called Reboot, which is on Hulu. Oh,
0: I heard it. Yeah, I heard about that.
2: It's created by one of the co-creators of modern family and it's a sitcom about the making of a sitcom. (laughs) And what's brilliant about it is that while simultaneously it's showing you the behind the scenes of the making of a sitcom and exposing all the sitcom tropes and making fun of them. The structure of each episode is also still a sitcom adhering to all those same tropes. <laughs> and the way it can do both simultaneously is kind of brilliant. Um, and it's fucking funny. So huh. what? give it a shot. Reboot. There's only like six episodes in this first season. Um, and then the last episode, my fifth out of my underrated shows, is The Circle. Mm. Which is oh yeah, uh, yeah. a it's fun amazing reality show on Netflix mm-hmm. that is the only show I watch. It's in its fifth season now, currently airing. Uh, that like makes me jump up from the couch and be like, "What is that?" No, <laughs> or just like, yeah. like it just like gets me all riled up, man. Yeah, I love it. The circle. It's
0: pretty fun. It's pretty fun. Oh man. All right. So well, there you go. Did you have any honorable underrated shows? No, mean, I mean, I you. couldn't even remember the number six, so there's no way I had uh underrated honorable mention. I, I don't have I underrated. I have, I
1: have one left that I was trying to squeeze into the top 10, but I, that no one mentioned, mm-hmm. which was the boys. Oh, oh I want season three.
0: I yeah, just have not gotten around to season <laughs> three, but I love the yeah. first two seasons. Yeah.
1: So that's the one I was trying to squeeze in, but they didn't quite make the list. Yeah. Uh, and I actually have, A show from 2021. Bruh, what are you doing? That no one talked about on today.
0: Yeah, because we're talking about 2022.
1: I just checked my clock. It's 1230 in the morning. Sorry. It's late. But I just wanted to bring it up because I really liked it, actually. It's Mayor of Kingstown. Oh, yeah. But nobody nobody cares about that show, I don't think. Jeremy Renner, dude. Yeah. I hope he's all right.
0: He's doing better, (laughs) I saw. He's doing better
1: if he's not okay we're not getting to season three of mayor of kingstown
0: <laughs> that's what you're worried about
1: i mean it crossed my mind but it <laughs> it's not what mind. i'm worried
0: about yeah uh yeah. all right well um for anyone who stayed to the end of this very long conversation i mean we're we're almost like a you made it weird episode yeah runtime here think we're like an hour and a half uh, it's not that bad but yeah uh, let us know what your top 10 is of tv shows 2022 uh, let us know if we missed any shows. Let us know if you think we're stupid for putting one too high, too low. I'm sure they'll let us know. Forgetting the number six. <laughs> Please give us your feedback. Let us know. And stay tuned uh, on our next episode. We're going to be doing the top 10 movies of 2022. Yeah, I think that's just going to be Evan and I uh, because Dan didn't watch Doesn't any movies. Doesn't watch any year. movies.
2: <laughs> yeah. Dan could do a top okay. four. I have something to say about that. I just, I want to go ahead and... Uh, throw out my my uh, top five movies of 2023. <laughs> okay. Because I think I can already name them. You can name them. Because yeah. I'm only going to watch these movies. Bing Bong's Playhouse, uh, okay. the movie. <laughs> I'm only probably going to watch Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Part two. Yep. Yep. Oppenheimer. Yep. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Mm-hmm. And, uh, killers of the flower moon yeah i mean if you had to pick like, five it's probably watch, going like, to be yeah.
1: it's a solid list yeah. that is a solid the top list.
2: 2023 so you heard it here first <laughs> the top movies of whenever 2023.
1: yeah and whenever we make our top 2023 list then yeah. we're going to look back on this video and <laughs> and uh and agree with you probably yeah uh yeah. another thing i was noticing i was looking at uh why it's great while we're doing like the ending here mm-hmm. is uh If you are not subbed to Why It's Great YouTube, go sub. Oh, we're because we are almost at eight thousand subscribers. We're almost there. So help us get to eight k sub. It's like so close. It's so close. Yeah.
0: So hopefully by the time this episode comes out, we we maybe already hit eight thousand.
1: Maybe. What's
2: really great about that? I was thinking about this is that when I like came out here to visit to see like if they were gonna give me the job so i guess to interview we hit five thousand subscribers while i was here oh wow and so just since being here you guys have fostered three more thousand subscribers
0: wow i didn't i wouldn't have guessed that many i thought maybe like maybe two yeah
1: one or two yeah yeah that's uh yeah so that's super cool
2: so great job again thank you guys uh for taking the mantle and and for having me back today
0: yeah absolutely uh Anytime. it was a pleasure hopefully we can figure out a way to get you back on the show again uh on a more regular basis because again this is an open podcast relationship you know we're open to exploring right right yeah <laughs> you know so yeah i think maybe the listeners are a little tired of us and want to get some new voices in though we finally did disagree on something yes again. we did so that yeah. was interesting <laughs> i wasn't ready for that and uh that probably took up too much of the runtime today, but. You know, I'm glad we could do something different. And so, yeah, be on the lookout for a top 10 movies. Um, check out the Rich Roll podcast and the work Dan does over there. It's really good. It's really cool. Um, so you can put that in your podcast rotation. And uh, here's to a great 2023. Amen. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.